God is awesome. Um, this week, as, as I was praying and just spending time with God and, and in the Word, I just felt like God really put something on my heart that we're going to start. As, I'm not big on doing series. I, I just I don't like to do that. But I really felt like God put this on my heart. And, and so we're going to spend the next few weeks doing something that we're calling Out of the Valley. I believe that uh, it'll be something good for us. Basically, I want to talk to, us, to, to you and, and, and as I study, learn myself about how God brings us out of the valley. How God, uh, uh, in, in a lot of ways, keeps us out of the valley. And I think sometimes, you know, life brings things along that, that we, we end up in a valley. But I, I think most of the time it's just meant to be kind of down and through. And I think sometimes we dwell there quite, quite uh, longer than what we need to. And uh, so things, life brings things. I just feel like too many Christians are in despair. We just live in this valley of, of despair, whether it's our entire life or whether it is some aspect of our life that we've just given up hope on. So I want to spend the next few weeks looking at this. I just believe that God wants us to live at another level. I believe God wants us to live at a, a level that is beyond what we've seen, what we know. I, I know this because God says it in his word. Neither his word is true or it's not. I believe it's true, and I believe God wants to take us to another level individually, but as a body and as a church and as, as the, the body of Christ in the community of Statesboro in this area. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into this. And I'm excited about it. I believe God's going to do some awesome things through it. And I pray that uh, he'll speak to each one of us. In, uh, in the way that we need to hear this morning. God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. God, thank you. Thank you for um, giving it to us to, to direct us, to um, help us just to see you clearly, God, to know your ways. Father, I thank you today that your word finds good soil in our heart. God, that it sinks deep into our hearts. And God, that it produces fruit 30, 60, 100 times what is sown. So, God, we give that to you. We bind every spirit of hell that would come against this word, that would come against this church, that would come against this body. And, God, we say just to have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way here today. Speak to our hearts beyond what I say, God. I pray that you will speak to our hearts. Take us to another level today. No matter how we walk through the doors today, God, I pray that we leave here changed. I pray that we leave here encouraged. I pray that we leave here knowing that the God of the universe is on the throne and he has his eyes on us. God, I thank you for that. Give you praise and glory because you are good and you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I do want to start talking to you about this. And the first thing we're going to do is I want to begin to look at how the word of God um, is one of the things that I believe is so important, keeping us um, out of despair. You see, despair, the word despair actually means a total loss of hope. It is when there is something in your life, there is an aspect of your life, or your entire life is in a place where it just seems that there is, is nothing but despair. You've just given up, you just think, man, this is never going to change, or at best you think, well, maybe one day it'll change. It's easy to think that when you've gone nine months without a job. And you start looking at it and you start thinking, man, this, this may never change. I may be unemployed forever. But then God is faithful, God is, is, is good, and God is true to his word, and, and a job comes. But it's easy for us to get into a place where we just think this will never change. This will never change. One of the most harmful things I think we do as Christians is we live out of snapshots in our life. 
We live out of this one little picture. We, we look at our life and something happens and, and, and it's bad and, and man, it just stinks and we just don't even know how we're going to get through it. And we take a picture of it and from that day forward, we live in that place. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but you just live, you dwell there. It's like you get in this valley of despair and you just don't even want to get out. It's like, well, this has happened now, so this is just where I'm at. This is just where I'm going to be. And I just don't believe, I, I know that that is not God's heart for us. God's heart is not that we live our lives without hope and without, without a promise and in despair. God's desire is that we live with hope, that we live above, that we live beyond, that when people look at our lives, they see the favor of God upon us. He wants us to be such people that when others look at us, they go, wow, that's what I want. And even when the bad things come, even when trials come, even when when tribulation comes, that people look at our lives and go, how did they just seem to go over that? How do they seem to just rise above? And how, how is it? And then they realize that it's because the God of the universe is holding us in His hands. But God's desire is not that we live in, in despair. God desires us to live at another level. I think about it like this. I don't want my children running around looking like they don't have anybody that takes care of them. I don't want my kids. Now, they do sometimes, but it's, we do our best, okay? Y'all know my kids, and they, they're pretty wild. But, you know, they don't... They don't I don't want them running around and people looking at them going, well, my goodness, look at that boy. I even worried, but Jackson broke his arm. I'm like, man, nobody, they're going to think I don't care about that kid. I was like, man, they're going to think, we, you know, wasn't watching him. We just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it bothered me. I was like, I want people to know I love my children. And don't you know if I am that way, that God is that way? Don't you know that when God looks at us, when, when other people look at us, that they wanna, well, He wants them to see us and go, man, there's a God that loves them. And when we're walking around and we're moping and we're just, oh, God, there's nobody in their right mind that's going to look at us and go, man, i got to have some of that. If I, whatever they're having, I want too. They're not. Because God doesn't want us to live there. And I believe that His Word is one of those things that keeps us from getting into that place. I think that in a lot of ways, prevention is the best cure. If you can not go there, you don't have to be brought out of it. And I believe God's Word is one of those things that is so important. It's so critical for keeping us out of that. The problem is this. We have gotten to a point... I mean, come on. We, most of us grew up Christian, right? Most of us grew up in this mindset of Christianity. We're in the South. Everybody's heard about it. Everybody's heard about the Bible. Most of us probably grew up with somebody saying, you need to read the Bible. Or if not, the moment we walked into church, got saved, and began to live in a church, people said, you need to read the Bible. And you know what it became? It just became this book. Well, I need to read the Bible, okay? But nobody ever really tells us, why do we need to read the Bible? It's just one of those things. You need to read the Bible. Why? Well, because it's the, the Bible. And you need to read it. And it'll be good for you. And if you read it, you need to read it. And so we just, okay, I'll read it. And we just read it. And, 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 and it just becomes this book. But we've got to realize that the words in this book are more than just words on a page. The Bible itself says that these words are enlivened by the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is, this is funny to me. But every time I read the Bible, I can read the same passage over and over and over and over again. And every time I read it, I see something different. 
Every time I read it, I'll, I may read it this month and go, ooh, well, I really needed that. And then I go back to it again and read it again and I'm like, in a month. And, and I'm like, ooh, boy, that was good. I really needed to hear that. And they may be totally different. Totally different. It's like Jackson, my three-year-old. At night, he is, I mean, y'all know how funny this This kid just cracks me up. But we'll lay in bed and every night he'll say, Daddy, tell me that story about you and granddaddy and pops going fishing. I've told this story a hundred times. And every time, he wants to hear it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, i got to tell that dang story again. All right, well, here we go. And I, I don't want to start changing it just so I can tell something different. But I started, and I'm like, well, one time, Daddy um, was taking me to school. Granddaddy was taking me to school. And, and we were in the truck, and he pulled the boat behind him. And, and, and I said, Daddy, where are you going? And he said, we're going fishing. Or I'm going fishing with Pops. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I could go. And then we get to the school, and he keeps on driving. And I said, and I said, well, Dad, where are we going? He said, well, I just guess I'll let you go with us. And so I told him that we go pick up Pops. And, and every time I say, you know how many fish we caught that day? He'll say, how many? He'll say, and sometimes he'll say a number. He'll say, 100. And I'm like, nope, 143. And he'll go. Whoa. Just like he heard it for the first time. And it is so funny to me. I crack up. Now I've gotten where I almost enjoy telling the story just to hear him go, whoa. And what I figured out is that the word of God is so much like that. That we go to it, but we just think, because we think it's just like some kind of history book, we don't realize that it's living and active. And every time we read it, if we'll read it with fresh eyes, man, God will speak to us. God will show us something new. And it's just like Jackson. Every time I say 143, whoa. I mean, come on. I, I, I read it all the time and I see it and it's like, wow. How come I never saw that before? Because God begins to speak to us. It's a living word. It's living and active. And, and we've got to get into the word. We've got to realize that this is God's, the ultimate authority. This is God's word. God, God, uh, God gave us this word, and when we reject this word, we don't reject the book. We reject him. He's called us to live by this. He gave it to us for a purpose, to reveal himself and to give us a guideline for living. And so I want to talk about that a little bit more today. Just go into a couple of things and, and how God uses this word to really guide us. You know, God gave us his word, and he, he always says, listen, if you'll do this, look at Joshua chapter 1. I love this. Joshua chapter 1. And this is so, such a theme throughout the entire Bible. 1 verse 8. It says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And listen to this. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Listen, he says over and over and over, if you will do what is written, if you will do the word that I've given you, if you will do my commandments, then things will go well. Then you will be prosperous. You'll be blessed. But the key to it is we've got to realize that we can't reject God. We can't reject his word and expect for everything to be blessed, to be okay, to be right. We've got to realize that it is up to us to begin to follow what God has given. You know, when God told Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of, evil, of good and evil, 
He wasn't telling them because he didn't want them to enjoy the fruit. He knew what was best for them. And when he gives us his word, it's not given to us to be burdensome. It's not given to us to be like a big weight on our back. It's given to us because he knows what's best for for us. But we don't see it that way sometimes. It becomes a burden. You mean I can't do this? No, because that's not what's best for you. You mean I can't do... No, because that's not what's best for you. One day my kids will understand that. That what I ask them to do is not because I want to just make their life miserable. It's because I know what's best for them. And they're going to get it one day. Every time I think they get it, they do something else. I'm like, well, they still haven't got it. You know, but how many times do you say, come on, let's go. We've got to do this. You need to go to bed. You need to do that. They don't get it. And I think it's hard for us sometimes to get it too when we look into the Word of God. Look at uh, Psalm 119, 105. This is one of the things that, that the Word of God does for us. It keeps us from getting in the valley of despair. I, I think about it almost like if we're walking along a cliff and, and things start slipping and, and the rocks start sliding. I don't know if you've ever done that. When I was in the roofing business, I, I got on a roof one time and the shingles were so bad that I couldn't stand up. And I remember, I, you ever do things you look back on and you're just like, that was just really stupid. Well, I couldn't, I got to the place and my ladder was too short. I couldn't get up there. So I put a ladder in the back of a truck to get up onto the roof and so the truck's there and I start sliding and and I'm going towards and all I can think is if I go off I'm dead I mean I'm gonna fall on the ladder I'm gonna fall on the truck there's no telling what's gonna happen and I mean I got to the even I I had to be the hand of God because I mean my feet are like hanging off the edge (laughs) maybe that was the hand of God you probably did that on purpose didn't you but my feet are hanging. I taught youth for so long that that doesn't bother me. That's no big deal. Um, but, but my feet are like literally hanging off the edge of this, this roof. And, and I think sometimes that life can be that way that we, we want to step up right to the edge of things. We want to get right to the edge and we want to get as close as we can without falling in. And then things begin to slip and things begin to go. And then all of a sudden we fall in. But I believe if we listen to this verse that the word of God is one of its designs is to keep us on sure footing. It's to keep us in a place where where we're walking on solid ground. It says this, 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That he gives us direction. He gives us clarity. He shows us how to walk in life. He shows us the good decisions to make. He shows us the things that we need to go. One of the biggest things that the Word of God does is it exposes the schemes of the enemy. Think about that. The Bible says that the devil, he schemes against us. He's like a a roaring lion and he he goes around looking for whom he can devour. And he's he's tricky. He's he's scheming. I mean, what's what he did with Adam and Eve? He tricked them. He deceived them. He undermined the Word of God so that they would fall into this this sin. They They would eat that fruit. And in our lives, when we're in the Word of God, when we're looking at the truth of God, then we begin to realize that, that this is not of God. It becomes something that when we take the Word and we, we balance it against whatever it is in our life, we realize this is not God. It makes our decisions real easy. Sometimes they're not pleasant, but it makes them real easy. Stuff this week that, that we had to, I had to make decisions on that weren't easy. But it was very clear with decisions I had to make. So that we come to a place where we have to, have to make the Word of God our authority. And when we do and we're in it and we see it and we read it, then when things come our way and, they, and we're faced with decisions in life, it becomes very clear. 
it illuminates a situation where it becomes very, very clear how we should respond. But too many times, this is our Bible is up on the shelf, and we're sitting in our chair after everybody else has gone to bed. And we're going, oh my gosh, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And then, you know, and then on Sunday morning, we grab our Bible and we come. I don't want anybody to see dust on it, you know. And so we come in and we sit down. And then we wonder, why, why am I having struggles with my judgment? Why am I having struggles with the things that, uh, my decisions? Why is it that I feel like I'm on this slippery slope and I'm just constantly going down into this valley of despair? Why is my life spinning out of control? It's because we're not being guided. The Word of God's not speaking into our life. It's not illuminating things. It's not clarifying our choices and our decisions. The Bible's very clear. It says that God has set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. It's our choice. Do we want to live according to the Word of God? Do we want to allow it to, to speak into our hearts and our lives so that we make good decisions? Or do we want to just continue in our own path? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. One of the most important scriptures in all of the Bible concerning the Word of God. 3.16. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen to that. It says that it teaches. It rebukes. It corrects. It trains. It encourages. It encourages us. The problem is that when we come to the Word of God, too many times we want the encouragement without the correction. Too many times we come to the Word of God and and we just don't want to submit to what it says. We just don't want to live our lives the way that it says. And God the whole time is saying, listen, son, listen, daughter, if you'll listen to me, I will train you, I will correct you, I will get you in line. But one, we either just don't even read it, or two, we come to it and go, well, I like that, and I like that, but man, I don't like that too much because I'm doing that, and I don't want to, okay, and so let's keep moving. And so we just take, and we pick, and we choose what we want, and we just, it's kind of like eating the water, but we eat the good stuff that we like, and then we just spit out the seeds. And so we've got to come to a place where we realize that, that God's correction, the truth of His Word, is meant to, to benefit us, it says, listen, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That the man of God, his correction, his teaching, his training, all of that that's a part of the word of God is so that you may be thoroughly equipped, that you may be whole. Don't look into the word of God and go away. As a man, he looks into the mirror and then goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Look into the word of God and see the truth. And be willing to step back and see yourself as according to the word. And allow it to begin to change you, to correct you, to teach you, to train you. And then the encouragement of the word is there. And it goes, but we live in an age today when people want the blessing without the correction. And God wants us to be whole and complete in every way. He doesn't want us just to be over here in a bless me club. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to be complete. And so his word is given to 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 discipline us, and it's up to us to receive the discipline of God. He does it because He loves us. Next thing is this, Romans 12, 2. Look at that real quick. It says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One of the things that begins to happen when we stay in the Word of God, when we're reading the Word of God, when we're allowing the Word of God to have authority in our life, is it begins to change the way we think. It begins to change how we think about life. It begins to change our thought patterns. It begins to, to change how we respond to situations. I don't know if you've ever been through a lot of training, um, um, but when you go through training of any kind, it just begins to reshape you so that when things come at you, you begin to respond in certain ways. You don't even think about it. Football, playing football growing up, you know, we ran play after play after play after play over and over and over and over. We'd get out there on Thursdays and we'd be sitting there with blue dummies in front of us and you felt like a dummy because you had to call the blue dummy by name. You had to know how tall he was. You had to know how much he uh, weighed. You had to know his strengths, his weaknesses because you'd been all week learning a scouting report about who you were playing on Friday night. And we'd sit there and they'd say, okay, we're going to run this play. And then you had to step over and you had to act like you were blocking the blue dummy. And it seemed really stupid. But when you got out there on Friday night, you had been through the scenarios. You'd been through the defenses that they were going to try to run. You'd been through everything. So that when the time came and the ball was snapped, there wasn't a question about what you had to do. You had been trained. Your mind had become formed. It had transformed your mind so that when the, the time came and the, 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 the play was being run, you didn't have to sit there and go, hmm, well, should I block him this way or that way? It doesn't work well when you do that in football. That's how people get hurt and stuff. Like you're running back. Because you have to know. You have to know when the ball snaps, this is what I do. And in life, we get into situations where circumstances are coming at us. Life moves fast. I mean, it is fast. It's coming hard and fast. And if we think that we can just back up and go, how in the world should I handle this? We've got to be in the Word. We have got to have our mind trained. We've got to be ready to, to react when it comes. So that our entire way of thinking just changes. We become shaped. We become set apart for God. We begin to think like God. Now I'm not saying that you have all the knowledge of God. I'm saying you begin to think more like God. You begin to see things from a godly way. Instead of becoming bent towards reacting in the world's way, you become bent to begin to react in the way that God would have you react. And it comes as we are sanctified and washed in the word of God. It comes as our minds are being transformed and changed. And then it says you'll be able to test and approve what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Once your mind is transformed. And it begins to be transformed as we're in the Word of God. Listen to this. You don't have to flip this if you don't want to, but I'm going to read it to you. It's Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word richly means abundantly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you abundantly. Soak it up. Saturate yourself with it. And then it says that the wisdom of God will come forth. When we begin to saturate, when we begin to soak, when we begin to take in the Word of God, it gives us wisdom. It gives us supernatural wisdom in how to handle situations. It gives us supernatural wisdom in how to respond to life. If you lack wisdom, it says to ask God. Get in the Word of God. Ask God. God, show me what it is. I remember when I started my business. This has been probably six, eight years ago now. I don't know. It's been a long time. 
And I was praying. I was like, God, I don't know. Should I do this? Should I not? And I flipped over and, and I came to Joshua chapter 1. And I started reading it and I was like, God, what? I, I really did. I just started feeling like God is just doing something. I'm like, God's just speaking to me. And as I started reading it, I read where it says three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And it got down to the, towards the end of that passage and it said, And everywhere the sole of your foot treads, I will give you that land. And in an instant, when I read that verse, I knew God said, Brandon, go and you start the business. And when you start it everywhere, the sole of your foot treads, I'll give you the land. And so I was like, hey, all right, I got it. And I went and I began to start and I began to move. But it gave me wisdom on what to do. It it taught me the, the will of God. I was able to discern what God was trying to do. And it was coming through his word. It was coming through God speaking to me through his word. When I lacked wisdom, God gave it to me as I began to seek him through his word. Now listen to this. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. I want to talk to you about this other function of of the Word of God, and and then we'll be done. Proverbs chapter 4, 20 through 23. It says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listening closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Listen, the Bible says that even when we stay in the word of God, that it brings life. Life is the opposite of despair. When, when we have life, we can't have despair. We're not in despair when we have life. And so that the Word of God says that if we'll hold on to it, it says that if we'll keep it in our heart, the, the New King James Version says that to keep it in the midst of your heart, to keep it in the middle, to make it be the focal point, the center. And it says when we do that, that we'll have life. And it even goes on and says that we'll have, um, that it'll be health to a man's whole body. New, New King James Version says that it'll be health um, to, to, to his entire being, to his flesh. So that even when we come into this place of being in the word of God, when we're, we're in it and, and we're soaking in it, that it, it brings us to a place of even being able to have such peace, such life that our flesh is affected. If you've ever been in a place where you were so tense, you were so out of peace, you were such in, in such despair, you know how bad it can even affect you physically. It can tear you apart. And yet God says that if you'll just hold on to my words, listen, if you'll pay attention to what I say, if you'll not let them out of sight, if you'll keep them in the middle of your heart, in the middle of your being, they will be life to those who find them. They'll even bring health to who you are. The Bible says this in Romans ten seventeen. It says that faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. So that when we're in that, I believe that one of the ways it brings life and peace is that we begin to have faith. We've got to begin to hear the message preached. We've got to be in a place where the Bible is taught. We've got to be in a place where, where the word is preached. And we've got to be reading it for ourselves. Because it says that it will bring faith to us. That it will bring faith. And so when we begin to stay in the word, we begin to hear it. We begin to understand it. We begin to have faith. And I don't know, it's just supernatural. I can tell you when I'm going three times and I feel I have no faith, that the next thing I, I know, I pick up my Bible and I begin to read. 
and I begin to study and I begin to hear what God says, and all of a sudden, faith just begins to arise. And I begin to see, man, God's got my back. He's got me. He's got a plan for this. He's going to do it. He's going to take care of me. And I begin to just feel faith begin to stir on the inside of me. But too many times when the circumstances come and we're standing on the brink, and I can go this way or I can go down into the valley of despair, we just, just don't even take a chance. We just, well, I guess this is it. And we just step right off in. And God says, listen, if you'll just get in my word, I'll build faith and I'll bring you to a place where you can, you can see that I'm going to bring you through. That you, you may dip down in there, but man, you're coming out on the other side. I just believed that this week as I prepared that, that there would be people here today who needed to hear God speaking peace to their life. I believe that with all my heart. That there are people here today who feel like where they're at or a part of their life is going to be this way from now on. And that's not true. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. God's desire is to raise you up. His desire is to bring you forth. His desire is to set you. The Bible says that we are like stars that shine as a testimony to God. You can't see a star that's stuck down in the valley. His his intent is not for you to be stuck there. His intent is to bring you through. And today I pray and I hope that the Spirit of God will speak peace to you and speak peace to your heart. And that you'll begin to see that. A couple more verses and we'll be done. Look at Psalm 119, 161. It says, Rulers persecute me without cause, but my heart trembles at your word. I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Listen, this was a great opportunity for despair. It says right here that rulers persecute me without cause. Haven't even done anything, and I'm being persecuted. Haven't haven't done anything to anybody, and yet I'm persecuted. And yet it says, I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. In the midst of the trouble, in the midst of persecution, he says, listen, I'm rejoicing because of the promise. I'm not rejoicing because of what I see. I rejoice because of the promise of God. And it goes on and says, great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Listen, if faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God, then when we begin to have faith, we begin to see God's promises and the circumstances that come, we begin to see them through the eyes of God's promise. So that in the middle of the circumstance, in the middle of what's coming against us, in the middle of the very thing that's caused us despair, we're able to look into the word of God and see his promises. We're able to begin to see that God's going to bring me through this because faith has come and we begin to see that God's word is true. We can go through times in our life, man, where it is just dry and it's dead and we're in this valley and it's just, man, we just can't even imagine how we're ever going to get out. But when we begin to look into the word of God, his promises are all yes and amen in Jesus Christ. They are just as sure as you and I sitting here today that he is going to do what he promised to do. Listen, I went through, this week has been one of the hardest weeks I've had in a long time. Starting last Saturday when Dad broke his leg. And then we come through, and man, it has been a week of, of, of just some terribly difficult stuff. But in the middle of it, I kept going back to God's Word. 
And I kept hearing what God spoke to me six or eight years ago in Joshua chapter 1 when he said, Brandon, be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. And everywhere that the sole of your foot treads, I'll give you the land. And that brought peace. Had somebody call me and just say, I just was praying for you. And this is in the middle of all of this. I was in a meeting. I come out of the meeting. I got a voicemail. And they said, I was praying for you. And God just said for me to tell you, peace, be still. I was like, well, I'll take that as a word from the Lord. And I'm, and I'm just going back to that. And I'm going back to the promise that God has promised us peace. That God said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And so that I come to this place of, of having to go back to the promise of God. That as much as I can tell, my, the soles of my feet are still treading here. So that God has said, Brandon, I will give you the land. You hold fast and you stand firm and don't you let go. Because my promises are, are true. Listen, we've got to realize who's promised. It's not like me coming up to you and making a promise that everything's going to be okay. It is God himself. The one that the word of God says cannot lie. The one that says he is faithful even when we're not Even when we are, are not doing all that we can. God says, listen, I'm still going to do my part. What I've promised to you, I'm going to do. So that we begin to see it, we begin to believe it. And when faith comes, the word of God brings faith. And all of a sudden we see the promises. And the promise begins to bring assurance in the midst of our circumstance. In the midst of what we're going through. And listen, despair cannot hold you down when you are riding on the promises of God. And it begins to lift you up. And it begins to hold you up. And even when things don't look good, you're thinking, how is this going to affect? What's it going to do? I mean, is it slipping through my face? What's going on? And God says, listen, it wasn't meant to be in your hands anyway. Slipping through your fingers. It wasn't meant to be in your hands anyway. If you're holding on to it, that's your fault to begin with. Let go of it and trust me. Get on the promise of God and let me take you where I want you to go. And I just believe that with all my heart today that, that we need to hear that. One more scripture. Can you, have one, can you handle one more? Everybody awake? Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 3. I'm going to read 133. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Listen to this. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Other translations say with, from God's word. They were formed. The word formed means they were set in order. It literally means that the, the worlds were set in order at God's word. I read that this week and it just jumped all over me. I, I just literally heard in my spirit God say to me, Brandon, if my word can set in order all the things you see, every star in the sky and every planet in the universe, can't my word set your life in order? Can't my word support what it is that I've called you to do and be a part of. Can't my word uh, uh, do for you what needs to be done? That it would do everything that you could possibly need. And man, there came a great peace in that. There came a great, great faith in that. That God will establish the work of His hands. Let me tell you something. We exist because of the work of God's hands. 
We didn't get a year of free lease on something that normally gets $4,500 a month rent. That's like $54,000. We didn't get that by chance. I, I pray to God we never think we got that because of who we are. We got that because God is establishing a work by his hands. The things that he establishes, no man will tear down. If we'll stay faithful, we'll stay true to his word, then he'll do it. Listen to this. In Hebrews 4, 1 through 3, the Bible says that the Israelites, and this is the, this is the close, this is the finish. I'm going to let you go. The Bible says that the Israelites never inherited the promise that God had given them. Those Israelites who came out with Moses never inherited the promise of God. They never got it. Because it says they didn't mix faith with God's promise. They didn't mix faith with God's promise. They're standing there. Listen, they're standing there. They're looking into their destiny. They're looking into what God wanted for them so badly. And yet they didn't have the faith to step over into it. But the Bible tells us that we still have the opportunity for rest. That God wanted to give them rest in that land. The Bible tells us that we still have the opportunity for rest. We still have the opportunity for peace. But if we're going to have it, we've got to mix faith and the promises of God. We've got to begin to believe right here in, the, in our spirit. We've got to allow the word of God that is enlivened by the Holy Spirit to begin to produce faith in our life. And then that faith coupled with the promises of God that we see in his word begins to bring assurance and we can have rest. We can know that he is going to take care of us. We can know that he's got it in his hands. We can know that, that he's big enough to support it. And it can bring peace. I tell you, this week, amazing peace. Throughout the whole week, amazing peace. I can't explain that. I cannot explain it. But I know that God's promises are true. Apart from God, there is no explanation. But God's promises are true. They are yes and amen. Sometimes I look at my dad and his leg, he's been hurting for three years. But I'm telling you, God is faithful and I still believe that one day he will walk pain free. I'm sorry if you have a hard time with that. I'm sorry, but I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. And I, I want to believe with you today for your situation. I want to believe with you today for what it is you're going through. Maybe it might have happened 20 years ago and it's just been something that you just let go. Let me tell you, God cares about everything. If He knows the number of hairs on your head, He cares about, he cares about every aspect of your life. There's not one thing that He wants you to live in despair without hope. He cares that much for you. And so I want to encourage you, get in the Word of God. Let it begin to direct you, to bring clarity to you. Let it begin to speak to you, to guide you, to build faith for you. See the promises of God. Mix them with that faith, and God will bring assurance that you're coming out on the other side.